20 seconds. All right, I believe we are live. Welcome to TW Now. We're very happy to have you here. Uh, we are very thankful for our growing audience. Uh, we've been growing. We, we've got people who tune in fairly regularly from around the world. So I do want everyone to uh, send us questions, share the, the link, whether you're on Facebook or YouTube, please share the link with your friends and send us your questions. We really appreciate that. I'm sitting here with my friends and colleagues and fellow ministers of Jesus Christ, Mr. Mike DeSimone and Mr. Rod McNair. Hey, howdy. You've, uh, you've met them online before, so we have a good topic today, I, I think. So uh, I would like to again remind everybody to share the link and also note that we are trying something a little bit different today with our microphones and, and that will maybe give us a little more um, uh, flexibility in reading our notes and so forth. So uh, give us your feedback, whether you think this is a good idea or not. And frankly, whether or not you think the sound is coming through well, we want to do a good and professional job. So again, <clears throat> the topic today is one that is interesting and maybe a little sobering. It is end-time human trafficking. End-time human trafficking. And it's very sad, but there is a growing scourge. It is a stench before God. It is uh, terrible. It's, it, it causes so much pain of, of human trafficking, human slavery. I have a few articles, as we normally do, let me jump in and just read one article and then we'll get some, some feedback. This is a New York Times article, and probably our production team will bring this up on screen. New York Times article. Now this one begins by talking about African immigrants in, in Libya face quote-unquote unimaginable horrors the United Nations Human Rights Commissioner declared. Uh, despicable, the chairman of the African Union called their treatment. Several African countries recalled ambassadors in protest, etc., etc. I don't want to read much more of it, but the second paragraph talks about uh, a, a video that uh, went sort of viral on CNN. Mm -hmm. I saw it and um, and some photos. It really just uh, really uh, sick. I mean, yeah. and um, of African migrants being auctioned off at a Libyan slave market for as little as $100 each. It doesn't matter how much you're, you're auctioning somebody for. Uh, slavery is, is damnable, and, and it's not something that, that uh, you know, God wants to see, and, and it's something God will deal with in the, in the coming years. I wanted to start with this New York Times article and, and to open up the conversation, get some, some, some thoughts and comments. But, but I will uh, mention, before I turn it over to my, my friends to make their comments, You'll see in some other articles, it's not just Libya. It's not just Africa. Mm -hmm. It's not just, you know, people off somewhere in some third world. It's, um, it's slavery and it's a enforced uh, uh, human trafficking, enforced slavery and sexual slavery and economic slavery. It's a lot worse than you might realize. Uh, I was frankly kind of disturbed doing, doing more research for this, mm -hmm. this program. Mm -hmm. uh, Mr. DeSimone, Mr. McNair, I know we've, we talked before the program and we all had some thoughts. Uh, let's just go ahead and jump in with some initial, initial comments. <clears throat> I saw that video that you're talking about on CNN, uh, whatever, whatever article that was. I'll tell you, it made me tear up to see these people being sold for, you know, and then at the end it was interviewing, or at least one video that I had seen, it's interviewing one of these fellas. 
who had just been sold uh, several times, apparently. They're sold and resold and resold. And he said, I wasn't even, you know, I wasn't sold for much money. It was nothing, you know. So just devastating to see and for someone to have to go through that. Just horrible things that our minds can't even imagine, really. You, you can't imagine it happening in the 21st century. Yeah. You know, what I was struck by, I think it's the same article, is that I think they estimated 40 mm -hmm. million people are ensnared mm -hmm. by, by slavery currently around the world. And this, this estimate is, is made by, I think the figure was 71,000 face-to-face interviews. 71,000 interviews to, you know, real live people, real, real people whose lives were, were destroyed by this. And the, the, the problem is just staggering, as you said. And I think it's hard even for our minds to, to really get around just how big it is. We're going, to, we're going to talk about some numbers and some statistics, but I think one thing that's helpful is to remember that um, there are human people, human faces. There are, there are humans mm -hmm. behind the numbers. And so we're, we're going to, to, to give you all some, some numbers, and, and, but, but let's continue to build the story. I want to go back to that New York Times article. And before I do, I want to ask you out there on Facebook and YouTube to, again, send us your questions. We'll, we, we will try our best to address at least a couple questions. Usually we're, 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 we're successful in answering a couple. And we, we usually answer questions then after the program. Uh, last week's program had a lot of questions back and forth. So send us your questions and please share the, uh, the, the link on Facebook and YouTube. The same New York Times article. Let's just build more to that story. <clears throat> the migrant crisis in Libya. And this is going to bring up a point that Mr. McNair and Mr. DeSimone and I were talking about before the program about governance and, and, and the a failure of government and so forth. The migrant crisis in Libya originated with the collapse of the government of Colonel Muammar Gaddafi six years ago. The near total absence of policing since then has attracted hundreds of thousands of migrants from, from other African countries hoping to cross by boat to Italy. So what, what you have here is, is people going through Libya or want to go through Libya to get to Europe to have a better, a better life. Let me continue, though. But the chaos and lawlessness across Libya also ex has also exposed the migrants to pervasive and well-documented <clears throat> abuses, including forced labor, kidnapping, extortion, rape, torture, and indefinite extra-legal detention in overcrowded pens and other inhumane conditions. Two more paragraphs before we finish. Uh, traffickers who take money to transport the migrants. So look, again, let's put ourselves in the context of these, these people. These are our fellow human beings. Uh, and, and, and we're going to talk about America and Europe later in the program. This is not just happening in, in, in Africa. But these are our fellow human beings because of, of, of a breakdown of, of government and lawlessness, which we were talking about earlier, they're just trying to provide for themselves and their families. You know, are, are one out of, you know, thousands bad guys? Maybe. But most of these people are just trying to take, take care of their families and, and survive. Final two quick paragraphs. Traffickers who take money to transport the migrants from their countries of origin often hold them hostage and demand more money once they reach Libya. Then traffickers pack them into flimsy and overcrowded vessels, etc. Many passengers die of drowning or dehydration 
and survivors picked up by Libyan vessels or in Libyan waters are often packed in prison-like detention centers. So, you know, if, if you, some of them die on the, on, on the journey, others end up getting put back into basically slavery again, de- detention, they're held I- indefinitely. Um, we were talking earlier about sort of some of the causes and without getting maybe into some of these answers, uh, Mr. McNair, you you made a couple very good points about some of the causes. Do you want to mention well, that? Well, you were mentioning a moment ago how the collapse of the Libyan government as a state, as a viable state. Uh, here, here we have the Western nations going into Libya several years ago to solve one problem, and you create five. Right. And I think this is just such a, a classic uh, example of how without God, without... God being in directly guiding our, our government, our nations. Uh, you have political solutions to, to spiritual problems, and the complexity grows when you try to solve <coughs> spiritual problems with physical answers. And so I think this is just one example of that, how we've, uh, we've created this problem. So you've got the, the breakdown there in, in the government which allowed the, all these sub-Saharan you know, African nations, not all, but to whatever, there's uh, Nigeria, Algeria, uh, Ethiopia, uh, Eritrea, all these people coming up because of the breakdown of their governments, the problems they have in their governments, the corruption, the oppression that they're feeling there, to get away so they can be free in Europe. I mean, so it's not just there in Libya, it's, it's right. all around. It's right. broken down nations. And, and leading to that, w- what happened in their countries? Oftentimes they left where they were because it was horrible. Yeah, they're, the they're getting away from that, right. That's right, economically they had no way of living. They, had, they didn't have a good life for themselves. And so you have all these dominoes that are, that are falling. Mm-hmm. Now, we have another article, sort of segues into the next article. It's a Washington Post article, and uh, the, the title is really sort of what I'd like to segue into. Angry about the slave trade in Libya? Spare some anger for Europe, is the, um, is the title. Around the world, this is from December 14, around the world this past week, protesters and activists have been making their voices heard about slavery and abuses of migrants in Libya. So celebrities like Naomi Campbell and Rihanna and, and others. So this is, this is great. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, there's, that's a good thing. We mm-hmm. want there to be awareness. But when you drill into the article and you drill into what's happening in Europe, uh, the Western nations share a lot of mm-hmm. blame and guilt right. as well. Okay, so just skimming through the article, um, Europe has a large role to play in the horrific conditions that have led to black Africans being sold like livestock in Libya. A new report by Amnesty International says that European governments have been, quote, knowingly complicit in the torture and abuses of tens of thousands of refugees and migrants detained by Libyan immigration authorities by actively supporting the Libyan authorities in stopping sea crossings and containing people in Libya. Now, I know some of our audience is going to say the following, and I'm not trying to be uh, argumentative, okay? Because I know right now in the United States, we're talking about building a wall and all this. So I understand that, that and, and, and God's, God's way is not open borders and total chaos. I think it's, it's fair to 
to state that, put that on the table. God's way, we don't see, whether in the Old Testament or the New, that God just says, open borders, total chaos, you know, no, just total lawlessness. So I understand that, that some people say, well, look, you know, Europe um, is sending them back, and so they're going back to these bad conditions, et cetera, and, and don't blame Europe. But here's the problem with that. Here's one of the problems with that thinking. What is Europe and what is the United States and what is the world body doing? And, and do we have a responsibility to help fix the situation in Libya or sub-Saharan Africa in the first place? That is a question. Now, there's another question, and so that is a question. Do, do we have any type of responsibility? Does the West have any type of responsibility? Um, the, there's another question, which we'll get into later, which is once the people end up in the United States or Africa, how are they being treated once they're there? Because our hands are not as clean as sometimes we'd like to think they are either. So there's two issues, right? You know, do we have an obligation? Can, can, we know Christ is going to ultimately deal with these problems, but that's one question. Can we help solve the, the root of the problems in, in these nations? And then the other question is once they arrive in our nations, you know, are, are, are our hands clean? Well, you've touched on the complexity of the problem in that, that uh, at first, we, as we remember, the, there was a lot of uh, media attention about the fact that Europe's borders were open, especially Germany. But, uh, but very soon, they began to realize that it, it was untenable. Right. It was impossible to receive the number of, of immigrants that they were receiving. And so, therefore, they had to close the borders. And so then you have this problem. And the Italian, I think some of the articles were talking about the Italian government is even helping to in, uh, intercede, to, to intervene with those who are trying to cross the Mediterranean and taking them back to Libya. On the shore of Libya. On the shore or, of or Libya. by Libya, yeah. That's right, to, to, so that it's not a European problem. Right. But, but again, that's the complexity of it. You solve one problem and you create another. And so it's such a bigger issue than, as you're saying, than just uh, slavery, is it right or wrong? Obviously it's wrong, um, but what can Europe do about it? Their hands are really, they, they, they really have gotten themselves in a quandary in that way. And you know, to your second question, it talked about uh, the you know, European government having the hand in it uh, by pushing them back to Libya, pushing them back and not letting them in now. Uh, but uh, there was also a, a U.S. State Department report came out in June 2017 that's very interesting uh, from the EU Observer. Uh, it says on the EU's eastern side, the, U, uh, the U.S. said women from Belarus and Ukraine were being trafficked. Uh, traffic for sex in Russia, Poland, and Turkey. It said Nigerian. Bulgarian and Romanian women are being trafficked for sex in Germany, while Afghan, uh, Bulgarian, Pakistani, Polish, Romanian, and Vietnamese people were being used for forced labor in Germany. So not just pushing the people back and letting, not letting them into Europe, we're talking active participation, if this is accurate. Right. Yeah. There's an article, I, I, the, the uh, production team doesn't have it, but there was an article that I found uh, on BBC News, it was a few months old, and it talked about in Albania, I mean, that, that's a country that we don't um, uh, often think about, 
but how uh, so many poor uh, women are being sold into sexual slavery. Mm-hmm. But also, it's not always just sexual slavery. Sometimes it's it's um it's still slavery, but it's you know domestic being domestic yes, slavery, servitude yeah. mm-hmm. in, in Albania, and it's um the the percentage of of people in Albania, or sorry, the percentage of um, of people who are trafficked. Oh, the 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 guys brought it up. So good work. It's, I'll read it. Okay, so here, here's the, the, the little um, uh, summary. The trafficking, of, the trafficking of people into the UK is on the rise. The latest figures for the 2000, uh, 2016 suggest that 3,266 people were potential victims of trafficking, a 40% increase on the previous year. So we see the problem getting worse. Uh, the largest number, 600, came from Albania, right? I mean, mm. we, we, mm-hmm. we don't even... In the United States, that's right. not even a country we, we think about. Mm-hmm. Uh, the largest number, 600, came from there, uh, and so forth. Then it talks about, you know, just, you know, and stuff that's like, in the UK. That's, that's in the UK. So, mm-hmm. so, but it's not, I think it's overly simplistic. Now, I'm not saying that, that we can fix the world's problems, right. but I, I think it's overly simplistic to say, well, Europe just can ship them back to Africa, and it's Africa's problem. Mm-hmm. Because here we have Albania shipping them to the UK. Sure, right. So, so right. we are a global community, and there is some complicitness, I think, mm-hmm. uh, amongst the countries where we're not making this a priority. Mm-hmm. You know, you mentioned uh, just uh, about women. A lot of them are women uh, and girls. And anyways, uh, you mentioned the 40 million earlier. There, I think out of that same article, it says uh, the new report, it, basically 29 million of them uh, are women and girls, and the other, whatever, 10 million were, were men. So basically two-thirds, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, three-quarters of them mm-hmm. were women. Yeah. Right. Well, and, w- and what, jumping even further, even closer to home, we, we also see that uh, th- there's the figure of, what, 57,000 uh, victims of modern slave- slavery living right here mm-hmm. in this country, right. in the United States. And so... Uh, you're right. It's not. It's not just a Libyan problem. It's not just an African problem. It's. It's really everybody's hands are dirty uh, by that. Now we have a question on Facebook. Shouldn't the United Nations be more focused on this issue at this time instead of condemning the U.S. for moving its embassy to Jerusalem? Um, you know. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know what? What does Scripture tell us? It tells us that we're to cry aloud. Mm-hmm. And we're going to get to some of the solutions we're going to talk about. Stay with us and share, share the program because we, we have some interesting topics coming up. One of the, the topics we're going to talk about is, um, is, is electronic uh, tracking and um, digital tracking and, you know, tracking people on the Internet and, and even how the Internet is, is um, a, a means or a way where people are, um, are often, you know, taken advantage of. But, but before we get to that... Uh, you know, sometimes it's, I think, right of us just to, just to say, you know, yeah, that some, this is wrong. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Trump, Mr. Trump is getting a lot of heat for wanting to move the embassy to Jerusalem. And uh, you see the United Nations spending a lot of time talking about that. But how much news have we heard about human right. trafficking from the UN lately? Mm-hmm. Or from right. world leaders? Right. Or from right. the Arab nations? Right. Or from, any, from Europe? I mean, it's... Right. Yeah. It hasn't been getting better by itself. Either. Right, right. And you know, what, what should our response be? Ezekiel chapter 9 talks about how uh, those who are going to be protected from some of the horrors coming are those who sigh mm. and cry 
over all the abominations that are done within it. This is particularly about Jerusalem, but I think we, we can extend that by analogy. Right. And so we are supposed to be upset about these things, and, and we should be uh, you know, sighing and crying about the abominations and this being is, done in our world. This is our peoples doing this. You think about, right. uh, even just thinking about very uh, close to home, 57,000 in the U.S. I mean, I, I can't imagine that happening, you know, wherever, you know, whatever, whoever has them, you know, that this type of thing is horrible, horrible, yeah. horrible. Right. Wherever they're at, horrible. So what, what can you do out there? Uh, we'll get to some of that, but, you know, pray about this, care about this. God looks upon those, he, God is pleased with those who sigh and cry because of, they see the abominations and they are saddened by them and they want Christ return and they want those, uh, those wrongs righted. God, mm -hmm. God wants to see that heart, uh, not a callous heart, not, not a heart that says it's their problem and, you know, wh why are we talking about it? Not, not a heart that's, um, again, callous. Uh, somebody else on Facebook asked, at what point do we police the world and or intervene to alleviate suffering and criminal acts? Are we our brother's keeper across the world? Good question from Facebook. Some, some quick thoughts on that. I mean, how much do we try to police the world? How much do we expect the United States to police the world? Go ahead. You know, the first, the first thing is obviously, like you were talking about, policing our own selves. You know, making sure what's happening in our borders, what's happening in the UK, what's happening in the Europe, and uh, certainly there can be more done with if tracking and investigating situations, but we have to start out with what's happening in our backyard and in our own, in our own house, um, because certainly it's, it's very difficult to, uh, to, to, to take on the whole world when we're not even doing it in our own uh, where we're responsible. You know, before the, the, the real fix comes, that is really gets down to it. That's the part of the real answer before the real fix comes, right. you know. Right. Uh, that, that the wor we can't fix everything in the world. It just is not going to happen. We cannot fix everything. But we can, like you, you both said, we can fix ourselves yeah. through prayer, through Christ in us. And we also have a lot of control and influence over, over our own family. Sure. You know, that's something I would say to those out there. If you've got children or, or even nieces or nephews or cousins, you know, or in your own family, uh, please don't, don't allow your family to become part of the, the statistics and part of the problem. Mm. You know, the other, the other thing is that we still do in this country have a leadership role. And so what, you know, our president, what our Congress, mm -hmm. what our government does and says and emphasizes and makes it a point of priority. Um, I mean, the world still listens. We still have an influence in that way. We can't always control everything and police everything that happens. But if we made it a priority and if we, uh, you know, put some leverage behind it, um, there, there would be some action. Mr. DeSimone. Well, not to, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves here, though I do think that this, it's critical to mention that we're talking about what's happening somewhere else, most of this, but uh, you mentioned earlier uh, in the introduction that this is going to happen to us here in the United States, at least that's what God's Word prophesies, that it's going to happen to us. Um, you know, it will be very close to home. 
uh, just thinking about uh, Jeremiah 30 and verse 8. It says, For it shall come to pass in that day, says the Lord of hosts, that I will break my yoke, uh, uh, break his yoke from your neck, and will burst your bonds. Foreigners shall no more enslave them. Talking, this is something that had happened and that Christ is going to fix to our peoples. Right. Yeah. So Which, we should be very concerned because it is going sure. to happen and to us as a people. What's one of the ways it might be start to be implemented? Let's go to our second topic. The second topic is digital tracking. We, we wanted to spend more time on the first topic. Just a little bit of time on the second topic, digital tracking. Can these new uh, security measures that, that the European Union, uh, the U United States government is putting in place uh, to track us, to track uh, currency, um, to track our social media, um, you know, friends and family and profiles, uh, can this be used or abused by you know, future powers? Uh, and, and, what, and really, what should Christians do and not do? Uh, let, let's just throw that on the table, and then I've got a, a, a question about the beast uh, I think that sh we should probably uh, uh, throw out there as well. Mr. DeSimone. Uh, of course they can abuse it, and of course they, it will get abused, you know, the tracking, whatever it's, whatever it's through. Um, you know, again, you know, it's been mentioned in the past about Social Security cards being the mark of the beast and other aspects. Uh, this uh, European ID thing that's out there. EID. Yeah, EID, yep. right. You know, of course it's going to be abused. I don't, it's the I, way I, it goes. I won't read from the article. You can put it up on screen, gentlemen, if you, if you have it. But there's an article about EID, and it basically just talks about how the European Commission is going to share data across member states and so forth, and also require those who trade with the EU to, to share data. So let me repeat that, and then maybe Mr. McNair and Mr. DeSimone can, can give us a scripture, hint, hint. Mm -hmm. But let me repeat what I just said. The European Union is requiring the ability to track data across member states and is requiring those who trade with the European Union to uh, share data with the European Union, uh, social media and financial data on the people that you know, that, that on citizens from around the world. Mm -hmm. uh, how could that, is there a scripture? I'm just trying to think, is there a scripture that comes to mind maybe somewhere in Revelation or that where this, this could be a path toward, toward that? Well, what you're referring to, <laughs> wildly hinting at, um, <laughs> Revelation 13, verse 16, it talks about the beast, the coming beast power out of Europe. Um, it says, he causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on the right hand or on their foreheads, and that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark or the name of the beast um, uh, or the number of his name. So what is that mark? That's been the, the uh, topic of speculation right. for, uh, for decades, mm -hmm. for centuries. You know, was it the... Uh, social security number, should we not have that? Uh, should we not uh, use credit cards online? Right. Well, probably shouldn't, but I mean, you know, is that the, the mark of the beast? Are we sort of forced to be a part of this system as we do commerce? Um, there are a lot of speculation. This certainly is going to be, can be, and probably will be something that will be abused. But, but this really is not talking about that type of mark. Right. And I think that's pretty clear. So, yeah. Mr. DeSimone, uh, Mark of the Beast, let's just explore that. We only have a few more minutes in the program, but, but uh, 
should Christians take precautions? Right. And um, and how does this relate? How does digital currency and so forth? I've heard recently that Bitcoin, Bitcoin right. is is <laughs> man that is the mark of the beast. And somebody's sitting around pictures on the internet where there's a little um, you know a, a pentagram and, and carved in a in a data chip. You know, good Photoshop work there. Right. Uh, so mark of the beast. How, you know, how's that playing? Just straight up. Long story short, we do have a book, uh, The Beast of Revelation, that will help explain that, the, the, the full picture. But it comes down to obedience to God is what it comes down to. And very specifically, uh, that is the mark of the beast. And it comes down to the, the, the Sabbath day and the keeping of the Sabbath day or not the keeping of the Sabbath day. And it makes, so Exodus 31, so that's the mark of the beast. Well, God has a sign and that is in Exodus 31 and verse 13. Uh, it tells the, so speak to the children of Israel, surely my Sabbaths you shall keep, for it is a sign between me and you throughout your generations that you may know that I am the eternal who sanctifies you. And verse 17 says, it is a sign between me and the children of Israel forever. So, Keeping of the Sabbath day is the key. It comes down to God's protection will only come through obedience. It's not about whether or not we can be identified through whatever means. Right. And what does the hand and the, and the forehead mean? The hand is what we do with that's right. uh, not working on the seventh day. That's what that's talking about. And the forehead is what we believe and, That's and right. what we profess and what we are conscience as we learn God's way. It's, it's something that we hold in our, in our head. Talking about God's laws uh, in Deuteronomy 6, talking about His laws, His commandments, it says, You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and as frontlets between your eyes. Something you think about, something you do, a way of life. That's the way it is, right? There's a, a system that's coming, and, and I'd like to uh, show this booklet right here. Uh, the, the Ten Commandments, you may wonder, why, why, why am I mentioning this? God has wonderful laws that He put in place that are for our, our good. Mm -hmm. uh, rest on the Sabbath day. Don't kill other people. Uh, don't take His name in vain. Don't commit adultery. Steal. Don't steal. Mm -hmm. If these laws were obeyed, then we wouldn't have human trafficking, for one thing. Right. But if you, and we're running short on time, but there is a, an end-time system called Babylon that's coming, and that will be a system that will be contrary to God's laws. Revelation 18, uh, we don't have to put it up on screen, but our, our audience can turn there. Revelation 18, it talks about the world mourns Babylon's fall. And I think what you gentlemen are, are discussing is, is, is exactly what our audience needs to pray about and strengthen their faith regarding, which is, mm -hmm. are, 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 are you out there or are we going to cave into Babylon mm. and accept Babylon's supremacy and that mark where we break God's laws and the Sabbath, or are we going to be loyal and faithful to God and, and we'll have you know, God's protection during these end times? Mm -hmm. So do you, do you want to expand yeah. a little bit on that? You know, it's interesting. Well, we were talking a little bit before uh, as well. Um, when I uh, was growing up, I remember reading some of the writings of uh, Mr. Herbert W. Armstrong, the late uh, Herbert Armstrong, who died back in 86. And uh, I was struck, even as a young person, 
at how much he talked about the, the, the problems of the world. He was very much in tune and in touch with what was wrong all around the world. Mm -hmm. And he, he always came back to the fact that the solution to these problems has to be God's government on the earth. There, it, it's government is about who's driving the bus. It's about the only one who's capable and has the authority and has the love and has the character to really direct human affairs and, and oversee governments on this earth is Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And Isaiah chapter 11 talks about a time when he'll come back He'll, he, with righteousness, he'll judge the poor. Mm -hmm. He'll decide with equity for the meek of the earth. It says, they shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain. And this is talking about a time, you know, anyone who believes that the millennium somehow has been brought about by the church, by the churches of this world, clearly it is not in touch with reality right. because this is what is going to happen and it's only going to happen when Christ comes back, and that's going to take care of this. You know, one of my favorite scriptures in, in regard to that concept is it, it says that he will heal the brokenhearted. Mm -hmm. You know, these, these people going through this brokenhearted and many others that are going through other types of things. Uh, you mentioned about uh, Babylon and, and staying out of Babylon. You know, I want to read out of uh, Revelation 18. It talks about what Babylon will be trading and so forth. And in verse 13, it says they'll be trading uh, cattle and sheep, horses and chariots, bodies and souls of men. And exactly what we're talking about. And then uh, verse 4 of Revelation 18, I heard another voice from heaven. This is when Babylon is coming down. Uh, let's, verse 2, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, has become the dwelling place of demons, a prison for every foul spirit, and a cage for every unclean and hated bird. And then in verse 4, Come out of her, my people, lest you share in her sins, and lest you receive of her plagues. You know, stay away, obey God. That's the and key. And that, that brings mm -hmm. us, we're approaching the, the end of the program, but that really brings us to the third topic, which we're really talking about now, which is the solution. Christ is the solution. Uh, you know, the, the, the topic on your screen is the good big brother. We, we chose that because people worry about big brother, right? Mm -hmm. and, 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 and that's fair. <laughs> you know, let me, let, me, uh, let me acknowledge that, that uh, there are institutions and governments and, and clandestine institutions and so forth that are corrupt, I and mean, this is Satan's world. Mm -hmm. But Jesus Christ <clears throat> is our elder brother. That's what Scripture calls him. Mm -hmm. And as Christians, we look... We, we really believe he will return. That's what the Bible teaches. Right. And he will rule righteously. And he'll rule, uh, you know, one more time, according to the Ten Commandments. So, right. um, you know, that's what he's looking for in, in us as Christians today. Yeah. Uh, what uh, scriptures or thoughts do you gentlemen want to close with uh, regarding the fact that we can anticipate that Christ will return, deal with, you know, the fact that Babylon's going to be selling the bodies and souls of men and women and children, that there's going to be the kings of the earth, as you mentioned, Mr. DeSimone, fornicating with Babylon. Mm -hmm. that, that, means, that, that, that means, you know, uh, interacting, interacting in a pagan that. way. Mm -hmm. that, that's false religion and, uh, you know, um, uh, benefiting off of, off, off of that corruption. But what, what scriptures or thoughts do you gentlemen want to close with? You know, one that comes to mind uh, that really one of my favorite in the whole Bible 
uh, Isaiah 9, verses 6 and 7, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, Jesus Christ, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end. And upon the throne of David uh, and over his kingdom to order it and establish it, God's perfect righteous government, uh, justice and judgment. From that time forward, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. That's, That's awesome. That's what we look forward to. <clears throat> I'd like to jump on and then go back to the beginning to conclude. And that is, you're talking about how Christ is going to accomplish what He, what he started. And that was back in Genesis 1.26. Let us make man mm -hmm. in our image according to our likeness. And he, so all the people that we've been talking about today, they're real, they're made in God's image. They, God loves them, they are people, and you know, we need to even remember the humanity of, of the people we're talking about. And He created every single human being in His own image, it says, verse 27. In the image of God He created him, male and female He created them. And so God, no, we didn't evolve, no, we didn't come from slime, you know, from... Uh, one-celled uh, amoebas and, and just split open and, and uh, became what we are today. God created us human and He created us physically and He's going to complete His creation by giving every human being the chance to have His spiritual character and that is inspiring. Wow. Let's wrap up with uh, the fact that there, it is government. That is the answer. There's an article I want the, the uh, crew to put on screen. It's an article uh, from uh, Dr. Roderick C. Meredith talking about uh, perfect government coming soon. Maybe ask our viewers to review this because the answer to the problems today is Christ's perfect government, which is what we pray for. So thank you for joining us, Mr. McNair, Mr. DeSimone. Thank, thank, thank you. Until next time, remember, share the link, please. And we look forward to uh, you joining us next Thursday at three o'clock. Until then, we will wish you well, and we hope to see you back Thursday at three o'clock.